If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Life is full of personal wins, whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list. Winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Obviously, Eric brings it. Being in a stadium is like crazy. It's a little challenging because people are so, it's so many people that you're kind of like having to try to have that kind of, that, that connection with them can be a little challenging. That was TJ Osborne, our center stage guest today, talking about playing the Milwaukee Brewers Stadium last weekend. Brothers Osborne, open for Eric Church up there. Hey, everybody, it's Kelly in Nashville. And I'm Amber Anderson. It was a big weekend for stadium concerts. Kelly and I went to see Kenny Chesney's Here and Now tour at Nissan Stadium here in Nashville. It was the perfect day for an outdoor show, by the way. Beautiful yes, it was. skies, mm-hmm. sunshine. I found out now Kenny broke the single-day attendance record at Nissan Stadium. Really? 57,211 people showed up to watch him. It was packed. And we were two of them. (laughs) Yes, we were. (laughs) Carly Pierce walked out looking like an angel, sounded amazing on stage. As always. Then our boys, Old Dominion. (laughs) Old Dominion truly was a highlight for me. Without a doubt. We were singing so loud. I'm like, (laughs) my voice is hoarse today. And someone earlier said, you know, you sound hoarse. I'm like, because I sang to Old Dominion all week. Weekend. All the top weekend. of my lungs. And then Dan and Shay came out. I don't know if you noticed this, but Dan had on a vintage Kenny Chesney merch t-shirt <laughs> yes, from did. like one of Kenny's very first tours. He did. It was so <laughs> cute. But then I think to me, like watching it, it was just an amazing show. One of the highlights was when Kenny brought Kelsey Ballerini uh, out on stage and they did half of my hometown. She got emotional. She got really choked up, stopped singing for a minute. It was a moment. They were both wearing red and black, which I loved from the song. It was just, it was <laughs> Perfect. It was so funny because uh, I was sitting next to a friend of ours that works in media and she goes, did Kelsey not know that Kenny was wearing red? And I said, hello, it's in the song. It's the song. They had to wear their school colors, but it was truly an amazing night. Kenny never disappoints. He didn't stop the entire night running back and forth out onto his sandbar. Yep. It was crazy. So amazing night. If he's coming to your town, do yourself a favor and go. You got to go. That was my first time seeing him live. Really? Yes, it was. And I was not disappointed in the least. He's so it, was a, it was a great night. I also saw that you were red carpet ready on Sunday night. It was just like 
the busiest weekend ever for me. <laughs> so yeah, Kenny Chesney on Saturday night. Sunday night, the K-Love Fan Awards were happening. It's Christian Music Awards, and they were held at the Grand Ole Opry House. I used to, in my former life, do a lot of things with Christian music and gospel music. So these are my people. Yeah. I haven't seen them in a while. And of course, I turned around. Who's there? Jimmy Allen. As soon as I saw you post that, I was like, oh my gosh, of course he would be there. And of course Kelly would find him. You know me. The first thing I had to ask about wasn't, why are you at the K-Love Awards? It was, you have a duet with J-Lo. I was going to say, did you ask him about recording with J-Lo? You know I did. I have a buddy that works with her and um, they want to do a remix of her song. Um, so sent it over to me. He's like, would you want to do it? I was like, yes, of course. <laughs> yes? And it's crazy full story because like she was my judge on American Idol. Then I did um, New Year's Rock and Eve last yes. year, yeah, the same yeah. year as her. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been crazy. I had forgotten he'd been on American Idol. I know. So did I. What an amazing, like, full circle story. I looked it up. The reason we didn't remember he was on American Idol, it was season 10 when Scotty McCreary won, and he did not make it to the live round. So he was a blip on the radar. But yeah, how crazy is that, that J-Lo was the judge that year? My gosh. (laughs) That's crazy. All right, enough about our adventures. It's a big day on the show here. You want to tell everybody what's on tap? Well, today we usher in Pride Month with a really open conversation with TJ Osborne, the lead singer of Brothers Osborne, who came out in February of 2021. Yeah, he really kind of took us behind the curtain of his coming out story, gives us a really honest look at life before and after this story was published, as well as the impact that it had on his music. At this point, we all know someone in the LGBTQ community. This conversation is a really great opportunity to see things maybe in a different way and just Think about the impact it has when someone cannot live their full truth. And to see how beautiful it can be when they can live their full truth. So please stick around and listen for that. Maybe share this podcast with someone who needs to hear it. And know that Country Heat Weekly is a safe place for everyone who loves country music. There's pretty much one thing on the menu for our What's Cooking segment this week. CMA Fest. Yes. And if you are new here, this is the part of the show where we talk about the latest music news out of Nashville. And the day this episode drops, we are exactly one week away from country music's biggest party. And after two years off, we are already pre-gaming for this party. (laughs) (laughs) And we can finally announce what we are most excited about at CMA Fest. I know you've been dying to tell everybody, Amber, so I'm going to let you do the honors. Okay. (laughs) Kelly and I will be taping episodes of this podcast live on the CMA close-up stage at Fanfare X with all of you. Oh, I can't wait. It's going to be so great. We're going to be interviewing the CMA artist of the day in front of a live audience, and those interviews will be future episodes of Country Heat Weekly. So if you're coming to CMA Fest, or if you can get to Nashville on those days, here's the lineup. Thursday, Russell Dickerson. Friday, Kelsey Ballerini. And Saturday is Luke Bryan. Holy cow. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Just to let you know, all interviews will happen in the air conditioning at the Music City Center. You're welcome. At 1045 each day. And while you're in Fanfare X, make sure you stop by the Amazon Music booth. There are going to be autograph signings all weekend long, and the list is long. Mm. Our bestie Breland will be there. We'll probably crash that signing, no doubt, of course. I'm down for that. A bunch of the Amazon artists to watch will be signing as well. We've got Lily Rose, Willie Jones, Raina Roberts, and Connor Smith, along with Nico Moon. 
Lainey Wilson, Priscilla Block, Matt Stell. I mean, it's a packed lineup, so be there. Can we talk about what happened Sunday night at CMA Fest? I am so (laughs) excited. This is something I have wanted to do for years, and this year it's happening. You and I are hosting the stage Sunday night at Nissan Stadium. Yeah, we are. (laughs) It's so crazy. Just hearing you say that, it's like, wait, what? I know. We looked at each other at Kenny. Mm-hmm. And we were like, we're going to be on that stage in front of all these people. <laughs> in front of all those people. <laughs> it's just so crazy. I remember coming to CMA Fest, you know, just as a fan before I lived in Nashville, just coming up from Florida and going to all four nights, sitting way at the top and taking in all the energy. And I just cannot believe it's going to be us on that stage. I've been here since 2001. <laughs> I've done a few things that have aired during CMA Music Fest on those big, huge screens, yeah, but I've never had a chance to walk out on that stage. And I've always wanted to, so I'm so excited. It's going to be great. Okay, we're handling all of the in-house announcements and introducing some of the acts. I think Dirk Bentley and L. King are going to be around there, too, because they're cutting some intros for TV, so we'll get to bump elbows with them. And that's one other piece of news that we need to share. Dirks and L. are co-hosting the CMA Fest television special, and that's a three-hour special they put together with highlights from the fest. It airs the first week of August on ABC, and it's a great showcase for country music. It's the first time hosting the show for both of them. Dirk is performing Sunday night, the night that we're there. So hopefully Elle's going to come out and they'll get to sing their new song, Worth a Shot. Yes, I hope so. Which you will find Worth a Shot on the Country Heat playlist. So I think it's time we move on to the Heat Index so we can find out what else is heating up Amazon Music's marquee country playlist. The cover star this week on the playlist, which means his face is the little icon on the Amazon Music app, is next week's Center Stage guest, Jordan Davis. It's his new song, What My World Spins Around. And oh my gosh, I love this song. To me, it's about my wife, uh, how much she means to me. Uh, It's a totally different feeling song uh, than I've put out in the past. So I'm excited for the fans to hear it. I really thought it was going to be a slow ballad just from hearing the title of the song, but it is anything but. It is such a jam. And everybody that knows me knows that Jordan's like my favorite. So I feel like he can do no wrong when songs, <laughs> where songs are concerned. But I have been playing this song nonstop on repeat and took a road trip this weekend and cranked it up really loud. I suggest you do that. It's a jam. Jordan Davis fans, make sure you're following this podcast so you don't miss next week's episode when Jordan is here with us in this studio, center stage on the podcast. There's a new Nico Moon song on the playlist. It's called Easy Tonight. Between this drink in my hand and some real good friends, it's going on easy tonight. Okay, with the release of this song, Nico announced a new EP is coming out next week. He's not wasting any time. Not at all. Give the people what they want. (laughs) This project has five songs. It's called Coastin'. And Nico co-wrote and co-produced every song. It's available next Friday. So here's something fun we learned last week. The new Little Big Town song, Hell Yeah, is an older Tyler Hubbard song. I got a text from somebody that said, you're never going to believe this, but Little Big Town is putting out Hell Yeah. You know that song we wrote like four years ago? I'm like, oh yeah, I do. I went back to and looked it up and pulled it up and, and listened to it. I'm like, this song is awesome. Whatever happened to this song? And they're like, well, it's about to be on the radio. Hell yeah, it is. (laughs) I loved hearing this. And I didn't realize until we started digging into who wrote it that he was actually one of the writers on it. But it does sound so great with those harmonies. Hell yeah, I'm dancing. 
I definitely learned something new yes. last week about that. And of course, Tyler sounds great on his own new solo song, Five Foot Nine, which is also on the playlist. Listen, if you haven't heard last week's episode of Country Heat Weekly yet, make sure that you listen to it. Tyler really led us behind the scenes of the end of Florida Georgia Line and what's next for him as a solo artist. Also, shout out to Tyler's wife, Haley, the song's inspiration, who posted such nice things about the podcast episode on her Instagram. We love you, Haley. Come to our family tree segment. Yeah. Kelly. Yes. I can't even believe the quote we're about to share for this week's Who Said That. Same, girl. Same. Okay. The quote is, this woman and I fought in the meet and greet line, and I said, I am not signing this baby. (laughs) This baby. (laughs) There's more. The artist said, she was not going to give it up, so I signed the baby, and it was pretty odd. (laughs) Okay. We need to find this woman and feature her on Fanning Out. I think she wins. (laughs) We're going to tell you who signed a baby when Country Heat Weekly comes back. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. This isn't even really a who said that. It's more like a who did that. Who autographed a baby? And this gal and I fought in the meet and greet line for probably 12 minutes. And I said, I am not signing this baby. And finally, she was not going to give it up. So I, I signed a baby and it was pretty odd. I wanted to take a wet wipe and get it off as soon as I did it. Justin Moore. <laughs> Listen, y'all, we are establishing a no autographing babies rule for the Amazon Music booth at CMA Fest. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> In celebration of Pride Month, we have a special guest joining us today to talk about his journey as the first openly gay artist on a major record label in country music. TJ Osborne is the lead vocalist of Brothers Osborne. Together with his brother, John, they've won multiple awards, including a Grammy. They are also the reigning CMA and ACM Vocal Duo of the Year. We could talk about his accomplishments in the band 
all day long, but right now we want to shine a light on his experience as an artist in the LGBTQ community. TJ made history last year when he came out in a Time Magazine article. This was a big step not only for himself, but for country music and for all the artists who fear that they may not be accepted for their sexuality. He's hanging out with us today to talk about what it was like to share this part of himself with the world and how it changed him for the better. Please welcome TJ Osborne. Happy Pride. Thank you. Glad you're here. I'm I'm glad I, I am here as well. So... We want to be clear because last week we had Tyler Hubbard in here all by himself. You are not launching a solo career. (laughs) (laughs) No, not right now. Not currently, no. Wait, somebody get John on the phone. (laughs) You and John. No, uh, trust me. Honestly, it's hard doing this. I could not imagine. I mean, solo artists that are doing this. Yeah. I mean, it's nice. At least, you know, if there's a day where I'm off. Like, John's there to kind of swoop in. and We already have you and John tentatively on the books to come back when there's new okay. Brothers Osborne music. So, just Which for we everybody. Are work, we're, we are currently working on. So Great. There'll be some soon. Great. Okay, so we do want to talk because, you know, your coming out story, your decision to stay in the closet, you had so much that was on your mind. Man, I think about it now, and I'm like, 2015, you guys put out the video for Stay a Little Longer, and it's so interesting now. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I, I think everyone else in the music community too is like, you had an interracial couple, you had a same sex couple in that video, and it was making headlines. Yeah. Why was that so important well, that you I wanted mean, to I, include? I always knew that when I was going to come out, I, John and I had had that conversation. We just had a finding kind of the perfect time to do it, which, you know, the number is exactly the perfect time. But that video, we, we kind of wanted to really just challenge our fans that we had at that point and really see kind of like, hey, if the type of fans we want or the type of fans we're going to keep, they would have to be okay with these things. I mean, at the time, just an interracial couple, there right. was people speaking up against that. People were really mad that we put a gay couple in there, uh, like with death threats, and it was and very intense. What? It was actually worse then. I, we had way more blowback about that in that video than when I eventually came out. It was, a, it was like a really... It was kind of baffling, but we knew then that you know, I you know what, let's go ahead and just challenge the 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 country audience a little bit. I think most of them are fine with this anyway, and those who are not, we didn't really want you to be our fans. So it was like, let's if we're we're going to lose you at some point mm-hmm. because yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be coming out like I'm in a in a racial relationship <laughs> currently. We just were kind of like, let's go ahead and and just go ahead and and start kind of curating our, I guess, our fan base, if you want to say. Did that kind of impact your decision on when to come out? Because at that point, I'm like, looking back at it, I Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that could have been a good time. But then, obviously, if you're getting death threats from a video. Yeah, well, I mean, that didn't change my opinion when I was going. I always wanted to do it at the height of our career because I didn't want it to be seen as opportunistic. It's weird because on one hand, I want to help with visibility and and it's Pride Month, but then there's also this kind of balance of like, I don't want to try to capitalize on this just because of my sexuality or, or, or get headlines uh, for that. But at the same time, if I don't talk about it, then there, I'm not bringing visibility and hopefully that can help some other people out there. So that decision, I mean, obviously you were out to your family and friends, of, of course, John, your brother, John, mm-hmm. with him involved, like this is not just your career, it's exactly. his career yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How did you handle kind of 
the thought process behind that? Well, I think even more so than that, I wasn't necessarily thinking about John as much as I, I just knew that he would be okay. And mm-hmm. he's a very talented guy and he could have a very successful career doing anything in music. So between the labels and the managers and all these people that took a chance on you and and you kind of don't want to let them down. And yeah. then, you know, we employ people that have children. And so you, I, you start thinking about, okay, what the, the, the decisions I make affect lots of people. So in, in that regard, though, you know, I... I did come to this conclusion that all of these people around me would never want what they have at the sacrifice of of my happiness. I, and, and, I, and it's a very beautiful thing that I came to that realization, and it's true that I have those types of people around me, but there, nothing is is worth that. So once I realized that, that this is what everyone would want from me as well, it became a lot easier of a decision to make. That feel good. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll say, like, by the time I finally made the decision to do it, I think I had got to such a, a spot where I had to I had to do it. I had to move on with my life. I wanted to not only have a better relationship with myself, but then have a, hopefully a better relationship with a partner, which soon you know would follow. And it was just impossible to have a healthy relationship with me being closeted. So I was like, you know what? I gotta I gotta move on. I need to experience my life open. I've already achieved way more than I ever thought I would to be. With. When you knew that you'd done the interview and that it was coming out and people were going to be able to read it, mm-hmm. walk us through that morning knowing, okay, this is about to hit. When it hits, uh, what was the anxiety level and then what was the relief like? Well, there was a, a lot of things going on at the time. So Time does not let anyone read any of the articles until they are released. So I had no idea what it was going to say until Ooh. it literally went live. And wow. I know. And I also was like, <laughs> what does the picture look like? Do I just look good in the picture? <laughs> first things first. Couldn't see that let's, either. Let's be real. Yeah, I, I want to like, see the image. No, you know, okay. like no, no pictures either. So we um, wanted to go after the election process happened just because of the craziness of all the headlines at that time. And there was still a possibility that the this article could get punted out if something scandalous were to happen or something crazy because it was in print. And they would take all of those pages to that would get dedicated to that article. And so they are very like, we think this is the weekend, but it could not be. And you haven't read it, and you don't know and what the picture right. looks like. So then, <laughs> oh, I'm having a heart attack for you right stra- now. It was stress. <laughs> then I got um, a text from the from Sam Lansky, who uh, wrote the the article and interviewed me, and he was like, "Hey, this is going live tomorrow morning," and I was like, "Oh my god, like I'm not prepared for this. I don't. We didn't have any. I mean, I kind of was, but then I wasn't that feeling of knowing. I think it was kind of like I'm ready for the thrill of this, but also, wow, I cannot get off this roller coaster now. So as the article's out. I'm like reading it for the first time. My phone's getting blown up and I'm like crying. I'm laughing. The article was kind of a little bit, both parts of, there was some comedy in there and then some very heartfelt moments and, and things I didn't even remember. I said just because of, and the, you know, and I was like, wow. And then I got done and I was just so like, it it was instant. The, the, the weight that was on me that I, you know, because I've been out to my friends and my family for a long time now, but publicly, you know, I didn't realize how much, how distracting it was and how much effort I had put into to try to steer the conversation away because I would never tell anyone I was straight and I wouldn't, you know, deny that I was gay, but I would be, I was like, became an expert at avoiding it going to that question at all. Like, I, and I just, any conversation like right now for an interview, my brain would be like, no, 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 like here, 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 go here, go here, go there. And then, you know, the classic diversion is just to ask someone a question, by the way, if you have something you don't want to talk about, <laughs> just ask them a question. People love talking about themselves. 
<laughs> but and so anyhow, I um so once that I felt that like, wow, I don't need to do that anymore. I can talk about whatever I want to talk about. I can act however I want to act. And it's just been incredibly freeing. And I definitely feel like it's helped in our music, just the way I address the fans the type of fans that either show up or they've been there the whole time and now they're able to feel like they can be themselves and they have a safe place to do that. That's so important too, to give your fans a safe place to be who they are. Yeah, I mean, that's, absolutely. That's like the key to all of it. Absolutely. And I think like even with people of color coming mm -hmm. out and, and showing for the show, it's just, it's a whole thing. It yes. It's not even necessarily like the LGBTQ plus community. We've seen it in just lots of different shapes and forms of people showing up and feeling, okay, this is a place where acceptance is is present and I can be who I am and it's 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 awesome. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so I was at your show here in Nashville at at uh, Ascend. At Ascend. Okay. The moment of younger me was I'll never forget that. Oh. Just the the video you addressed the crowd and you thanked everybody just for like being on your side and I just remember being like that must feel so freeing, so good. That song is so powerful. Didn't know that being different really wouldn't be the end. Younger me. Talk to us about Younger Me and how long after you came out publicly did you write that song? Um, maybe a month or so, and I felt like a brand new person. I really did, and and excited to live. My life is is now who I am, or who I've always been, but haven't been able to uh, live my life that way. So Kindle Marvel came into a riot with my brother and I, and had this title, uh, Younger Me, and instantly, I just was like, he was kind of about to give his idea of it, and I don't even know if this was what where he was going with it or not, but I was like, it instantly was like, oh my God, because I had kept feeling that entire time that I wish... I could just, I wish I could have seen me now years ago. And I wish I could talk to my younger self and be like, man, like you're going to have it really hard and you're going to be hard on yourself, but you're going to eventually come to a place where you like yourself and you're happy with your life. And, you know, I think that's a thing that everyone or most people go through. And so John immediately, same thing, you know, John obviously has been spoken very publicly about his, um, you know, some of his mental health trials and, and it was the very same thing for him. He was very, you know, self-critical. And then Kendall, his son is gay. So we were crying and it was like, we knew it was one of those moments where you just knew it was special. Not out of the sense of like, wow, sometimes you get done with a song, you're like, this is, this could be a huge hit, yeah. you know, or mm -hmm. this is going to be fun live. It was like, this means a lot to me and it meant a lot to John. And it just felt like, this is one of the most impactful songs I've written for me. And I've had so many people reach out being like, wanted to hear this song my whole life. And uh, and I felt like I wanted to say it. And now, because of this freedom, I can. And I can talk about other songs that I have, some of the depth of those songs that maybe, you know, like 21 Summer, for instance. You're the only You know, obviously, I wrote it with Craig Wiseman and my brother. They have their version of what that 21 Summer was. But mine was a, a guy that I met in Chicago the first time I kind of felt love and was like, you know, I resented it because, I once again, I went through heartbreak. I couldn't talk about it with anybody. I really hated it. And then it made me 
grow up. And I was like, wow, this I got on the other side of it and then it came to actually revere that relationship because it I learned a lot and it helped me in my next relationship. And then that's kind of what that song is about. And being able to talk about those things where you're like, you have no idea really what this is the that there's more here than we can really talk about and i've always loved like when you go up and see artists and they can talk about the this story and the backstory and that stuff and mine was always like like a steel wall like nothing you don't go behind the curtain here like it's it's all out there not being able to ever go there and have any depth was something really annoying for me is that's what i that's what i want that's what i like with other artists mm -hmm. and being able to have that so younger me coming out having that thing of like this isn't about having a hit or this isn't about anything other than just having hopefully this is something that you can relate to and heal it's for this it was for the soul and i thought it was quite fitting that that would be the song that we would win our our first grammy we've been fortunate to been enough to be nominated many times before but that being the first one i just felt like it was just meant to, to be that way okay so since you brought it up <laughs> we're going to listen to a little bit of the speech the acceptance speech from the grammys for best country duo group performance for younger me for those of you who do not know this song um it was written really in response to me coming out. And, and I never thought that I would be able to do music professionally because of my sexuality. And I certainly never thought I would be here on the stage accepting a Grammy after having done something I felt like was going to be life-changing and potentially in a very negative way. Had you guys prepared what you were going to say? For no, we, we never prepare what we're going to say. I've gotten myself in some trouble sometimes. <laughs> but it's so good. <laughs> uh, I know. Well, the first time, I will say, when we won our first CMA award, I said, um, man, uh, because our dad had been at like three or four award shows, and they're expensive to go to, and we weren't winning. We didn't think we were going to win that year, so he didn't go. And we won, which was a shock to us all. And then I said, wow, I wish my dad could be here. And everyone thought he that he had passed away. Oh, no. And people were like, that's so sad. His dad died. I'm like, no, he's not. He's like, just he's, at home. He's putting in a dishwasher and some, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, so the um, so that happened. Then then recently at the ACMs too, I I made some comment about our singer getting pulled, and everyone thought I was like like saying I it, loved it. Uh, I and it was it got I was like oh my god, everybody like, and so I'm like okay, maybe I need to start preparing my speeches. But in that instance, no. And I also feel like it's a little superstition. Like I feel I'm gonna jinx myself mm -hmm. if I prepare one now. But I also love just that natural, just like wow, I'm in shock. I'm just gonna speak from whatever comes out of my heart and soul. And at the Grammys, it was, um, I had never, I think that might've been our seventh Grammys, sixth or seventh Grammys that we had been to. And I'd never brought a date before. And to be there with my boyfriends and then having just won an award, it just felt like it, it was so many things coming to the surface. It was all, wow, the hard work and the hurt is now all feels like that comes back to the surface and the excitement and it's all mixed together. And I just felt like, man, the the biggest thing that is exciting me, even more than the Grammy itself, is the fact that I am able to be here with someone that I love and someone who loves me. And that's like, what more? I mean, there's really nothing more than in life than you can want than that. I mean, that had to be surreal, just accepting that Grammy, having your boyfriend in the audience you kissed him now yeah. on tv yeah. so I, this is so great yeah. how did y'all meet Tell well grinder of course you know the you know that old chestnut and really the timing wasn't right for uh for either of us but we always like kind of liked each other and we we kind of had lost touch with each other for several years and i i uh, saw him at the gym here in nashville and i was like oh my god abby and he was like hey and he calls me tommy so he's like tommy and i'm like 
like, what's up? Where have you been? And he's and just explained he just moved to Chicago. And then I was like, of course you did. <laughs> and he was like as cute as I remembered. I was like, oh my God, you're so cute. And then I um and then we exchanged numbers and then we kind of slowly started talking. Still, both of us really weren't looking for a relationship at the time, and then COVID happened. Um, and it kind of forced us into quarantine. So we kind of started, you know, I feel like it's weird. COVID sometimes it, it pushed oh. some people apart. And mm-hmm. then for Abby and I, it really brought us together. And then we've been through, you know, ups and downs. And we uh, just had, went through some therapy the other day together. For, it was excellent. really good. Yeah. Little, some tune-up stuff. I recommend it for everyone, no matter where you are in your relationship. Yeah, things are good. We're happy. You know what? There are so many other artists you knew that you weren't the only one. So there are some people, I think, that are still waiting for the perfect time. Have they reached out to you? You mean that are in the closet? That are still uh, in the There's closet, some people yeah. that I the that we've always kind of talked about it. And definitely, I, I, will, I will say this, like for anybody out there, you know, because what I did have was a lot of people that reached out to me that knew someone was gay but didn't they hadn't been told that mm-hmm. and they really wanted to be told so they could show them one that it's okay but also move on and help them any way they need to or just show and so don't ever confront anyone about it even if you know it you know it, it's very common they're likely to deny it anyways because it, it will it will for most people feel like they were just outed and it's just not going to start it off on the foot that you probably intended to. So I would say just like let people do it at their own time. And sometimes it takes too long, I feel like, even for myself. But that moment will come. And um, I think if you just are there, they know you love you love them. And um, and hopefully that moment that moment comes. You are the Grand Marshal of Nashville's Pride Parade. I know. I don't, I, I, I don't feel like I'm like me. I mean, there's like. Yeah, you. Yeah. They practice uh, the wave. Yeah. Well, you know, I, th- I think it's a huge honor and I'm very happy to do it. You know, this also will be my first Pride I've been to ever of any Pride. I've tried to go to the one here all the time, but we're always busy all the time. I've tried to go to several amazing ones you hear like in Atlanta and New York and Chicago, but I've, I've never been able to. So. You know, I'm like, wow, I'm like, what a, this is a good way to start start it, start the <laughs> right. gay pride circuit. You know, it's amazing that that they asked me to do that. It's a huge honor, and I'm, I'm very excited to. But, you know, at the same time, there are there are so many people, you know, I came out in a time where there is a lot more acceptance, and I'm, I'm very lucky to, and fortunate to live in an era where that is certainly the case. Clearly, there's a lot more progress that needs to be made. But some people, you know, like Leslie Jordan also will be there, uh, whom, whom I love, a good f- friend of ours now. And someone like Leslie, you know, I'm like, wow, someone like him came out in an era where it was really difficult, lots of judgment. And so there is part of me that feels like, wow, it's amazing to get this attention. And or people are like, wow, what you did is so brave. But I'm like, man, th- to me, but the ones that, that were out when it was like really a faux pas are the people I just really admire and look up to because without them, there would we would be we wouldn't be anywhere near where we are currently. Very true. Okay, before we let you go, you teased us earlier. Where are we in the process of new Brothers Osborne music? Like, you're not going to give us a date, but we're not going to give you a date. The only thing I can really a, say something. is. Um, we are not done recording. We have started the process of recording. Okay. And there are some songs that we are really excited about. And we really want this record to be our best yet. So we, you know, we'll take however much time that needs is, is the time we're going to give it. So we're not we're in no hurry. When you get the album done, come back and see us. Okay. Well, Please. Yeah. I would love that with my brother. You can yes. bring John. John exactly. will come. Thank Big you, John. TJ. Thank uh, you. <laughs> 
we are out of time. Next week, we'll be all over CMA Fest. So if you're coming to town, please make sure to come see us and be a part of our live podcast taping at Fanfare X. It's going to be so much fun. And we want to meet everyone. We are in the air conditioning at the CMA close-up stage, getting you close up with Kelsey Ballerini, Russell Dickerson, and Luke Bryan. That's Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at 1045 a.m. Send us a tweet and let us know you're coming. I'm at Hey, it's Amber A. And I'm at the Kelly Sutton. Next week, we've got Jordan Davis in the house and we'll rediscover the music of one of the leading ladies of 90s country music. This week's burning question stays with our CMA Fest theme. We wanted to know which stars had come to CMA Fest or fanfare back in the day as a fan. As a Middle Tennessee native, it's no surprise that Chris Young was a CMA Fest regular. I actually stood in line for an autograph from Vince Gill one time, which is funny because he's always, I've always just been a huge fan of his. Lady A's Hillary Scott has grown up around the event, but when she was a kid, her mom, Linda Davis, put her to work. I have memories of being at the fairgrounds with no air conditioning and um, actually helping take photos of the fans with my mom. I would help, I would like stand and take everybody's camera. So I was a part, part of it. And I mean, born and raised in Nashville, this has been a part of my life, you know, my whole life. Other future stars at the festival included Brett Eldridge, Carly Pierce, and Sam Hunt, whose first trip ever to Nashville was for Music Fest. Came out to the show, did the full experience, and it really was one of the big reasons I decided to move to Nashville. It kind of made the idea of being a songwriter more tangible and realistic. I stood in line for hours for people like Shadezi, people like Leanne Rimes, Leanne Walmack. All I wanted was just a glimpse to see them, let alone say hi to them. I remember being just, you know, a 20-year-old sitting in the nosebleeds out here, having the time of my life, wondering what it was like to be on this stage. Country Heat Weekly is a collaborative production between Amazon Music and Nevermind Media. Executive producer is Melissa Locker. Senior producer is Joyce Reiser. Recording engineer, Aaron Dethridge. Sound design by Tim Einenkel. Production assistance from Annie Reuter, Debbie Daughtry, Madeline O'Connell, and Jeremy Chua. Our theme song, Country Time, was written and performed by Mia Byrne, with additional music from Madeline McCormack. The Amazon Music team includes Nathan Brackett, Emily Cohen, Chris Graham, Michelle Kammerer, Eliza Mills, Morgan Jones, and Raymond Roker. Development consultant, Michelle Dix. Additional production support from Marley, Steve, Grace, Winnie, Moses, Wicket, Abby, Jake, Osmo, and all the other very good dogs out there. Be sure to follow Country Heat Weekly on Amazon Music or wherever you listen to podcasts so you get the latest episodes just as soon as they drop. Behind every successful business is a story, and some of them might surprise you. Like how Chobani's first yogurt factory was discovered on a piece of junk mail, or how the founder of the multi-million dollar cosmetics brand Drunk Elephant was told by everyone, including her own mother, that the name sounded like a dive bar. I'm Guy Raz, and on my show How I Built This, I talk to founders behind the world's biggest companies and brands to learn the real stories of how they built them. In each episode, you'll hear entrepreneurs share moments of doubt and failure and talk about how they were able to overcome them on their way to the top. How I Built This is like a masterclass in innovation and creativity, a how-to guide for navigating life's challenges from the people who've done it all. 
Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus.